and welcome to the latest episode of our TechBird Sweden UK podcast. I'm your host, Natalia Brzezinski. This edition will be slightly different. We're here during London Tech Week in June, where the Swedish Embassy has hosted a great event celebrating the union between companies of these two great nations. It's a really exciting week. The UK and Sweden's tech sectors have experienced rapid growth over recent years, both across the countries and beyond. They're really two examples of shiny ecosystems coming out of Europe right now. CEOs and founders get to a point when they need to decide where that second, third, or fourth office should open. Shared between every growing tech company is the need for working infrastructure, reasonable living costs, working transport solutions, affordable workspace, and perhaps most importantly, access to funding and talent, but also access to funding and talent with shared values. A few examples I'll give you is uh, the Swedish mobile payment company, iZettle, founded by a good friend of mine, Jacob Degeer, that sells card readers aimed at small businesses. Jacob and his founders recently sold to PayPal for 2.2 billion US dollars. Cree, the Swedish digital health startup with a fantastic founder named Johannes, develops virtual consultations, and they just announced a 6.1 million euro seed funding round to power international expansion, which is so exciting for them. Swedish unicorns include Skype, Spotify, Klarna, Mojang, which created Minecraft, and King, which created Candy Crush. They were all founded in Stockholm. These companies made Stockholm the city with the second highest number of billion dollar companies per capita after Silicon Valley. 8,000 startups employ around 52,000 people in Sweden. I think that fact is staggering uh, to have the most startups per capita after Silicon Valley in a country with just barely 10 million people. Stockholm's domestic market is small and therefore Swedish companies adopt a global approach from the start. They know they have to go international to be big and to scale, which I think is their greatest strength. That mentality in the existing ecosystem is likely to drive further startup success. And the first stop for most Swedish startups when they think global is London. Many Swedish startups move to London as a springboard for international talent and expansion. We had the pleasure to meet with a handful of growing Swedish and British businesses to get their take on different markets. We asked them all the same key questions. Describe your company's growth process. Why establish on the UK market? Pros and cons of managing a company in Sweden versus the UK. Could you please share your insights for a successful startup story? So get ready and listen, guys. This is so interesting, and I promise you're going to learn a lot from the amazing men and women about the secret of their startup success. So I am Nancy Sale. I work for Epidemic Sound as head of licensing for the UK, Ireland, Australia and New Zealand markets. And we basically soundtrack your story. Our company um, is a music company. We soundtrack um, audiovisual content for a range, a wide range of clients. So since I've joined Epidemic Sound just over three years ago, um, I was initially hired to um, grow the UK market uh, remotely from St- Stockholm, um, which I've been doing very successfully. For now, it's working very well for us to fly in and fly out, meet clients um, every couple of weeks. 
Um, but uh, whether this is sustainable or not is a question you know that I keep asking myself every day. My um, dream is for, for us to one day establish ourselves in the UK properly um, by opening up uh, a London office for us to have a bit more of a concrete um, more of a physical presence on, on the UK market and uh, have and grow our team. So now three years later, my team has now grown from one person, you know, a one man band, as I like to call myself, to six people, uh, which is um, not a very, um, it's not a very hard uh, growth or very fast one in terms of the number of people. However, we have gained a lot of clients in those territories um, since I started. Um, and we work with a range of um, clients, as I said previously, from broadcasters to YouTubers, creative agencies, ad agencies, um, and MCNs. So managing the company or a company from Sweden is is a question I can't really answer because although we sit at HQ, we are not directly dealing with the Nordics market from my team. So my team is responsible for, as I said, the UK, Ireland, Australia, New Zealand, but we are based at HQ. Um, and thus, all the work that we do is remote. And uh, when it comes to the Australian and New Zealand markets, um, people are very aware of the time difference. So they they respect it and understand that we can't jump on a plane to go and meet them. Um, whereas for the UK, we have we've established very close and deep relationships with our clients who will pick up the phone and tell us, hey, you know, we need to meet you tomorrow. Can you, you know, is it feasible? Can you jump on a plane and come to meet to come to meet us? So this is something that we, we do, you know, on a bi-weekly basis. We, I, for my, for my part, I travel every two weeks to the UK and I come here um, every two weeks to meet clients and I usually stay between seven to 10 days. But the majority of our work is then done through by email or phone calls um which which works really well people know where we're based they accept it they um find it interesting uh and what makes it even more i think magical is that we can we can invite them to come to stockholm as opposed to if we were to sit in shoreditch hey you know can you just jump on the tube and come to shoreditch it, it's not as fun as jumping on the plane and going to stockholm which is a, f- a fabulous city um so we like to show them around, take care of them, um, and just wow them. So my magic secret for a startup is the people are key. The people you hire are the people who will make or break the success of your company. And since I started at Epidemic Sound, when I started, we were about 20-something people in the Stockholm office. We've now grown to about 120 people in the Stockholm office alone. We have satellite offices all over the world. So two in the States uh, and, a, and a few in Europe, as well as a network of uh, partners all around the world. And every single person is a rock star. Every single person who works for Epidemic Sound is a rock star. And I think this is why we've grown so much so quickly in a very short amount of time. My name is Andreas Scholand. I work for a company called Quinix. So we do workforce management, which means scheduling, uh, time and attendance and communication. We work towards uh, healthcare, retail, hospitality and warehouses. And we were founded in, in Sweden in 2005. The company started with a 17-year-old guy named Eric working at McDonald's in a small town in Sweden called Örebro. And uh, he was working at McDonald's during his, his summer break in high school. And uh, while he was flipping burgers there, he saw that his manager was 
back office, you know, on his phone all day, just trying to get people to come into work, handling absences, vac vacations, you know, shift bookings and things like that. So Eric, who was really uh, interested in development, he went home to Literary's boy room and built the first version of Quinix that back then, then was called McTime, working at McDonald's. Uh, so that's how it all started. Uh, so he uh, presented that for, for the owner of, of McDonald's in Urbru, and then he managed to sell it to, to the next McDonald's in the, in the, in the towns next door. And, and uh, then they heard about this at the head office at McDonald's. So he went there and sold it to McDonald's centrally. And uh, that was a little bit of a success story in Sweden and it was in the news. And, and uh, back in 2000, it took about two years, I think, before you know all McDonald's in Sweden had it. And then he took in a small angel investment and uh, started the company for real around 2007, you could say. And uh, yeah, that's how it started. So our first customer was McDonald's. Our second customer was Max Hamburgers, which is the second largest burger chain in, in Sweden. Uh, but after that, we grew into other industries, such as retail, with uh, one of the biggest supermarkets uh, chains in Sweden called Ica, and then into other retailers like Cervera and Technique Magazine that are big in Sweden. Uh, and then we also went into healthcare. So we got a big customer called Humana, and, and uh, then it grew from there. So. We started rolling out in Sweden, and the next neighbor to Sweden is Norway. Uh, so we started our office in Norway and got the big customer in Norway named Norrisgruppen. And then it, it grew into Denmark, into Finland. And then about three and a half years ago, uh, we we decided to go into the UK. So we we were you know about to be market leaders in the Nordics, and we saw that our product, we thought it could also be successful in, in the UK. So... We uh, took in an investment um, and hired a team in the UK and, and some of us moved over from Sweden and uh, we hired uh, a local country manager and, and then we hired more people to really grow and, and started to get more customers quite quickly. So obviously the Nordics is, is uh, only that big and uh, the next you know big country, usually for Nordic countries, is actually England. So, so we looked at, you know, our product, of course, would it be product fit in, in the UK? And we had already some customers trying it in the UK. Uh, we also looked at the language, of course. A lot of Swedes learn English quite quite early, uh, which was, was a bonus. And then, of course, the size of the market, which is, you know, very much bigger than, than the Nordics. So it was a quite easy choice to go to the UK first. It was actually harder now, or a couple of years ago, when we took the decision, where should we go next after the UK? And there we looked at Germany, the US, you know, APAC, uh, but we actually chose uh, Germany there. So we opened up in Germany about three months ago uh, with an office there as well. Yeah, so the question what, what the difference is between managing a, a company in the UK and Sweden is, uh, uh, so we have tried to bring the Swedish culture into the UK, uh, but coming here first, you know, I think the biggest difference is that it's more hierarchical in the UK. It's, you know, Sweden is known for the flat organization. You know, anybody can tell the boss anything. And it's, you know, easy to take a decision uh, quite quickly. And, and there's not so much politics, so to say, within Swedish companies. And we really tried and I think succeeded actually to keep that culture. And we actually have, have recruited people who said they came from maybe an American company or another company, you know, that is not. UK-based or Swedish-based that said they wanted to work for a Swedish company. So it seems like we have a good reputation in the UK, which which has been a, a good thing for us. In Sweden, you have more of a work-life balance, I would say. So 
you it's very even with the males and females you know picking up at, at the daycare center at school and and so on so that's kind of hard to to have in the uk with with the you know the the child care system and and you know uh the the culture around that and also that in the uk the 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 culture is also working a little bit later at night. That has been a little bit different. We're trying to, to keep the, the Swedish mentality and, you know, the work-life balance and try to keep it even as well. But there's some things in the society like daycare and things like that that is just different. Uh, so I think that's, it's only different. Yeah, so the magic secret for a successful startup company is actually teamwork. So it's you can't do everything yourself it's hard work in the beginning of course uh, but also you need to work hard to get a team around you that can do things that you are not good at so i think that's what eric did really well early he he knew he was you know his strengths and and he built a team around him that could really support him and his vision you know to to become the global sauce leader within workforce management so so I think teamwork, it's also hard work. And then what actually our company philosophy is, is enjoy work. So teamwork, hard work, enjoy work, I think is, is a magic recipe for success for a startup. So my name is Johan Nord. I'm the chief commercial officer of Trustly. So we're a online payments business that specializes in online banking Payments. The company was founded back in 2008, and since then we've uh, we've really built uh, uh, off of the um, let's say the first product that we that we launched, which was a payout product, where uh, merchants can pay consumers funds. Uh, that was very popular. Then we built uh, another product which, al- which allowed consumers to pay uh, merchants, and that's really our flagship product today. There were three founders uh, that started the business back then. Uh, we're now 200 uh, plus employees. We started in Sweden. We're a Swedish company. And we are now, as I mentioned before, we're operating in, in 29 countries in Europe uh, with, uh, with, of course, a, a very state-of-the-art suite uh, considered to be uh, sort of next-generation payment method, if you will. And we're, we're doing exceptionally well. Yeah, so the UK market is, uh, is very important. Uh, for many reasons. One, it's a, it's a very large economy. Uh, two, online or e-commerce is uh, extraordinarily popular here. Um, so there's a lot of uh, commerce happening online. You have a lot of successful uh, businesses across many of the verticals that we serve. Uh, you know, big airlines, big uh, online retailers, big financial institutions. Uh, online gaming is very prevalent here. So there's a lot of a uh, lot of merchants that that do business here. Of course, we uh, we decided to set up our operations here in London uh, because London is not only the capital of the UK, but it's also the, if you will, the um, the global capital for finance. And there are many many large uh, financial institutions here, um, like partners of ours that we work with, uh, WorldPay and Adyen and Ingenico and and a lot of the PSPs are here, uh, payment service providers, so the, um, the aggregators of, of different payment methods, if you will, and also the banks that we work very closely with. So, so it's, a very, it's a very good place to be for us. And also, of course, there's a lot of talented people here that we would like to come and join us. If I were to say a few things um, that are pros about the UK and then some of the cons. You know, the UK, as I mentioned, it's a, it's a 
it's a great market for talent. There's uh, loads of experience, uh, experienced people uh, in our space that we can that we can uh, uh, try to recruit here and come and join us and, and do well. One of the things that's very good about the UK it's it's a very performance um, oriented uh, business environment, if you will. People are very focused on uh, on performing. Uh, people are very let's say active and energized, and that's exactly what we need from from our teams. It's a great hub for cross border business. It's easy to get to to places not only within the the UK and uh, but also you know continental Europe and, and beyond. Those are some of the pros. I think the cons. I would say it's it is quite expensive to set up a business here, especially in London. You know, rates are high, uh, rents are high, and of course um, the um, the other side of the coin of of finding talented people, of course, is that they they expect to also uh, get paid for that performance. So it's uh, it's a double-edged sword. When you're a small company, um, I think it's very important to have a, a very strong focus on the one thing that you're exceptional at, so the one thing that makes you stand out. Uh, you need to have that unique uniqueness uh, to really stand out and to, uh, to allow you to sell to large businesses or to consumers, uh, for that matter. We, we're a business-to-business uh, companies, so we we sell sell our products to to merchants. But you know, it, I think it applies everywhere. You need to have that uniqueness. You need to have a, a really really laser focus on that, um, and not be tempted to branch out too much in the beginning. Don't distract yourself. And three, I would say, you know, once you find that thing um, and you see that uniqueness, you know, go and grab it and work really hard to to take it. And that's my magic secret for a startup. My name is Anne Charlotte Mornington. Uh, I work for Odeo and I am manager for international expansion and business development. Odeo is a food sharing platform that enables peer-to-peer -peer food sharing. So if ever anyone has any surplus that they're not going to eat or sell for whatever reason, by uploading it on the app, they make it available to their local neighborhoods so that no food goes to waste unnecessarily. It was a very strong concern of mine. I uh, was working as a freelance consultant in the tech industry with a very strong interest in food waste. And while asking my colleagues at the time about new companies, changing and uh, challenging the food industry. I heard about Olio, who had just started off and was very quickly introduced to the co-founders and uh, been working with them since. So Olio started about three years ago. It started with nine employees and it still has nine employees now. We're, about, we're in the hiring process now. So if ever you know anyone who wants to apply, do let them know about us. And uh, so we started from scratch. There was no hardly any users and uh, we grew it to just under half a million. A lot of, you know, a lot of work and not very many weekends. We started in the UK market. Our UK market is our home market. Like this, we started in uh, an area in North London, but we used Sweden, Stockholm more specifically, as a pilot for our first international market. I think Sweden has a lot of parallel with the UK in terms of um, investment in community, early adoption of technology, um, most people speak English fluently, so uh, I would imagine that it would be a really uh, nice experience to set up an office in Sweden. My advice for uh, someone who would like to 
get involved in the incredible journey of a startup and bringing a company from you know idea to reality uh, is certainly to have a lot of passion a lot of endurance uh, but as we in Oliova describe ourselves I think you need a team of resourceful hustlers with a moral compass and a big vision who are all in at every step in the way it sometimes feels like perhaps I've switched a nine to five into a five to nine But um, I do it very, very happily, and I find um, Olio's mission extremely fulfilling, and it doesn't always feel like work, to be honest, because I really care about what I do. Uh, hi, good uh, evening. I'm uh, Siddhartha Kunti. I'm the managing director for Materialize in the, in the UK. Uh, I run the, the, the medical business here, as well as a global product, uh, which is developed from, uh, from, uh, from the office. So Materialize is a, is a global 3D printing uh, firm listed on, on NASDAQ. Uh, we're one of the global leaders since, uh, since 25 years. We focus on uh, 3D printing in, uh, in, in, in a few verticals, so aerospace, automotive, uh, all centered on software, uh, manufacturing solutions, and then we have a medical group as well, so three main divisions. So we're, uh, we're in a quite good position in the sense that we're growing at uh, with a double-digit growth. Um, we, uh, after the 3D printing hype back in 2014, uh, the whole industry went down. Uh, we always have focused on meaningful applications, and that is something that, that, that really uh, that we're seeing the rewards of in the sense that industry and, and players know that we stand for meaningful applications. So despite the hype, people see, okay, this is what we can sensibly do with technology. Um, so our growth is, is strong because uh, people know that we can deliver meaningful applications. Um, and the fact that we have three different verticals, software, manufacturing, and, and healthcare, also makes that uh, the, uh, the, the, the site cyclical, so it balances one another out. If healthcare is doing well, then some, sometimes manufacturing is a bit less, so it, it balances one another out. For us, the UK is, uh, is, uh, is one of the key markets. I mean, just looking at, look at it from a, from a, um, a European perspective, it, it is one of the biggest, uh, the biggest markets here uh, from a consumer-based point of view. And uh, in general, we're a high-tech company, uh, so we do 3D printing, we look at artificial intelligence, we look at AR and, and, and VR, uh, surgery planning. Um, The UK has, has a unique ecosystem in that it, it, it really embraces technology. There is, from the government's point of view, there is a lot of investment in technology with the catapult centers, the academic health and science networks. So there really is a willingness to, 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 to go for technology. Um, so for us, these two elements are important, a big servable market plus a willingness to work with, with leading technology companies. That's one of the reasons why we're here. Pros and cons of the UK, um, whew, I, I could... Uh, probably talk to you for an hour about that one. I would say the the, the, the main con, which is also a consequence of the, of, of the pro, is that the um, the fact that the market is so big also means institutions are, there's numbers in, numerous institutions that you can work with, but it also uh, makes things sometimes a bit complex uh, because there are so many institutions. It is a big ecosystem to, to operate in the technology scene, but also the, the healthcare system, for example, the NHS. So it, it's a big scene to work in. That, I would say, is the main con. The main pro is that in, uh, I think if, if you hit the right buttons, you can really you can really go far. You can, you can achieve some, some amazing, uh, amazing stories. Uh, so some of our breakthrough stories in, in, in healthcare, for example, we have achieved in, our, in the UK markets ahead of other markets. The secret sauce, yeah, we've been asked that one a lot, and for me, it's not rocket science. It's it's there's it's one word. It's team. Uh, so I'm I'm not part of the founding team at Materialize. I was there pre-IPO, but uh, what Materialize built um, as a as a company is, is down to an extremely uh, extremely talented team. And so we acquired the firm here in the UK that I head up. 
which is also um, a very s relatively small company, uh, but they have a, a global footprint and it's down to a unique team of individuals. So, and that's a good thing about UK as well is, is, is you, you can attract some amazing, uh, amazing people. So our unit here in, 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 the, um, in the southern part of UK is also growing at uh, double digits uh, and uh, just engaging very talented people that, that help you drive the business. So it's all about team. really really fun and personally gratifying for me to help record this episode. Sweden has always been a nation with local roots and global reach to me. It represents a vibrant symbiosis between the old and the new, tradition and disruption married with cutting-edge innovation, and just a real sense of openness and global citizenship. It's an ecosystem that is less afraid of new technology and actually more afraid of being stuck in the past. I've always felt that Swedish values drive innovation and they transcend borders. It shapes their tech ecosystem and the founders that come out of it. So it's no surprise to listen to the, all the amazing startup founders that come out of it, as we did today on this podcast. And no surprise, it's constantly being ranked top in the world on innovation. Again, it was ranked the second most innovative capital in the world and the best place for women working women and the best quality of life and you know, a few days ago was actually ranked the best most reputable country in the world and I think all of that works in its favor and has intangible effects on innovation and London is of course a city I know less but one I've always admired my father immigrated from Poland through London and often described London as a place to me where someone can really achieve their dreams and make it and like come from nothing and so it's always been in my mind it's become a leader in ai ai is one of the biggest most exciting frontiers now in the tech sector so it's no surprise that london and stockholm are coming together around this and i think that relationship can be nurtured even more and so that's why i love this podcast thank you for listening in this has been the Sweden-UK Tech Bridge, and I can't wait to talk to you next time. Bye, guys.